You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. As promised, pleased to be joined by London Fletcher, former Redskins linebacker, now doing a great job as an analyst for the CBS Sports Network. Check him out this Sunday, every Sunday. Very entertaining program called That Other Pregame Show. They kick off early, 8 a.m. Eastern. London, thanks for taking the time. How are you? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. We are just talking about your old team and connecting to, to what the 49ers did yesterday, picking up Jimmy Garoppolo. So with San Francisco finding a quarterback, what do you think that means for Kirk Cousins in the offseason? Well, I mean, uh, possibly one less suitor. Um, but, that I mean, that's still yet to be determined. I think um, part of that may be just um, San Francisco protecting themselves in case Kirk really wanted a, you know, a type of deal that they – weren't willing to give him or, you know, if Washington was to maybe do something that most people wouldn't expect and put the uh, third franchise tag on tag on Kirk and, um, you know, limit his uh, possibility of being moved. So uh, yeah, I think, I think San Francisco was, uh, you know, preemptive in that. And they also, um, looking back, Kyle Shanahan has always been a fan of Jimmy Garoppolo. So he's, um, he was high on him when he came out and, you know, it makes sense uh, from that standpoint with them being able to, to go out and get the deal done with uh, New England. And they still, you know, there's not a lot of top quarterbacks at, at the uh, next year's draft. And, you know, hey, whether, now it opens up the opportunity, the possibility for them to maybe take uh, Shaquan Barkley, too. London, appreciate you coming on, bro. Um, talking about your old team in, in, in Washington, when you look at that defense, they always start off fast and tough and hard and you know, making tackles in the backfield for losses to sacks and, and breaking up plays in the secondary, but mainly up front. They seem like they play real strong in the first quarter and, and part of the second quarter, but seem like when it gets to the second half, they kind of fall off. They did it against Kansas City. Uh, we end up seeing it doing a few more games after that. Give me your take on why this team is not able, particularly this specifically on the defensive side, be able to play a little bit stronger and finish better. Yeah, I think um, some of it is maybe they, they're wearing down a little bit. I know um, I was at the game against the Cowboys last last week, and it, there were some momentum uh, changes that took place in that in that ball game. You know, you think about the the blocked uh, field goal at the uh, at the end of the second quarter. That was a ten point swing where Washington was kicking a um, you know really a chip shot field goal. Um, you know, Dallas was able to turn that into a touchdown. So that um, there's some injuries along the defensive line missing. You know. Um, uh, some of the guys that they're missing, Jonathan Allen, he's out. Um, they lost Mason Foster, another linebacker. He's out. Uh, Breland didn't play. They've had some injuries in the secondary. So, I mean, this, this depth of this football team has really been being challenged, um, you know, whether it's on the defensive line, linebacker, and the second, secondary. So those things uh, play a part. And, uh, you know, young guys are having to step up and uh, produce, produce in a situation that they may not be accustomed to producing in. London Fletcher is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. London, you played for and you know Daniel Snyder. We know he's not reluctant to spend money. So listening to you closely, do you think there really is a possibility the Redskins could use the franchise tender on Kirk Cousins a third time, which would be unprecedented, and pay him over $30 million next year? I, I, don't, I don't think so, but I think the transition tag would be more likely they can transition to him at a, uh, I think a twenty-eight million dollar number, which isn't too far off what he's making this year. I think he's doing what he's making, twenty-four, twenty-four million this year, um, twenty-eight million next year. I mean, that's not really that big of a difference, um, you know. And now, not only with the uh, transition, if you do the transition tag, that allows them to 
have an opportunity to let somebody else do the deal for them, you know, whether it's, I don't know, Cleveland, um, you know, you look at some of the other teams, whether it's Buffalo, uh, some of the other teams that may need a quarterback around here uh, and next, next year coming up, you know, Denver, that allows them to, hey, you go, you go do the deal for Kirk, and we'll determine whether we want to match that offer or, worst case scenario, they got him under contract for another year. London, with your other team you've, you've played with, the one that you won a championship with, the Rams, uh, they're now in L.A., of course, we all know. Uh, but how impressed are you to see that this team is actually playing where they're playing uh, on a level that was about as close as to what you guys did when you played because all the teams in between has been pretty average at best. So when you watch them offensively, they're doing what they want to do. The running backs are getting things done uh, with Todd Gurley, the quarterback, and and Jared Goff, he's playing outstanding. Receivers are playing their part in defense. They're doing a good job. So when you see this, um, what do you see from a team that's finding their way to win some football games? Yeah, I, I say it's um, – I, I thought they would be better just because I, I know um, Sean McVay, he was in Washington with me during that time, during my time there. So I know he's a good football coach, but to say the Rams – to say that I expected the Rams to be playing as well as they are this quick, this soon under uh, McVay, I, I – I'd be lying, uh, you know, just to you know, think about what he's been able to get out of um, Jared Goff. And, and, you know, I think they're the highest scoring offense in the NFL. I think they still Second, hold, yep. hold that, uh, mm-hmm. like, they're still at the top and, and points scored. Um, you know, I mean, it's it's exciting times. Um, and then I think the hiring of Wade Phillips, that was a that was a major coup for Sean adding Wade Phillips to his, uh, to his staff because Wade has always been an excellent defensive coordinator. Everywhere he's gone and coordinated defenses, defenses they've always played well london we know the nfl is a tough business as a reporter going into nfl locker rooms you're dealing with grown adults trying to feed their families sean McVay is just 31 years old how do you think he's earned instant credibility with the rams beyond what he's doing on the sideline how is he connecting with his players well i think um regardless of your age if the if the players know and feel that you you know what you're talking about, and the um, you're getting the results out of what you're coaching. Then they can't help but buy in, and that's what uh, Sean does. You know, I watched uh, when I was on in Washington, the, the tight ends and the linebackers would be next to each other in practice. And when his group was out on the field, um, the offense, first team offense, I listened to him coach up his guys. I'm like, man, this guy really knows what he's talking about. And you know, obviously, once he got elevated to the offensive coordinator. And now as a head coach, I mean, he, it was evident early that the, the guy, the kid can, I mean, I'm going to call him, you know, he's not a kid. He can coach. The guy can coach him regardless of their, his age, whether you're 31 or 41, 51. If you can coach, people are going to listen to you and your players will, will respond. London, do you see this team being able to win that division? Because right, right now they're at the top. Uh, we know Seattle just ended up getting Dwayne Brown uh, as the left tackle to help out that offense who's been struggling up front in Seattle. San Francisco, we know they're, they're, they're trying. They're going to start competing probably next year or year after. Uh, and in Arizona, I mean, they're just Arizona. So yeah. you give me it's, your it's take really on not, As you look at it with the injury to Carson, uh, Carson Palmer, is really the Rams and Seattle uh, division to fight it out. Um, you know, Seattle was already able to beat beat the Rams uh, in, in L.A. too. So their next their next ball game will be in Seattle. So that's going to be an extremely difficult place to play with Seattle adding Dwayne Brown to that offensive line. And that was really, I guess you can say, the Achilles heel of, of the Seattle Seahawks uh, team with that offensive line. 
now, you know, you add him to the mix in the way Russell Wilson's playing. I mean, you you would have to give uh, Seattle a slight edge because, you know, they've already beat, beat, beaten the Rams, and then the next time they play, it will be in uh, in Seattle. So if they win that ball game, it's almost like having, you know, a two-and-a-half game lead in a sense. And, um, you know, if they um, if they were to come come down to it, they would have a half-game lead, I guess, if they finished with the same record. So, um, you know, it, it'll be tough. I would get a slight edge to Seattle. He's Cordell Stewart. I'm Brian Weber taking you around the league with London Fletcher. Check him out this Sunday, every Sunday, CBS Sports Network, the other pregame show, bright and early, 8 a.m. Eastern time. London, you play for the Bills. You know if I'm talking Buffalo, I'm going to mention they haven't made the playoffs since 1999. <laughs> Still, 5-2, and two, just added Kelvin Benjamin. Chance to pick up another win, potentially, on the road. The Jets tomorrow night at the Meadowlands. How much you buy in Buffalo? Man, I, I tell you what, how... What a great job Sean McDermott has done for that team, man. You know, um, one thing he's brought and instilled in that team is discipline and accountability, um, you know, professionalism, some of the things that were missing under Rex Ryan, um, you know, when he was there. I mean, you know, you just look at that team, and they're they're just um, they're clicking on all cylinders. Um, you know, very disciplined team. They play hard. Offense is uh, producing. You know, you can run the ball. Their defense is playing outstanding. I know people in Western New York are like, man, is this the year that this <laughs> is finally uh, the drought is finally uh, over? I, but they're going to hold out they, until it's all until that week seventeen, and they know they're in the playoffs. They're, they're not going to uh, they're not going to get too excited just yet. <laughs> I feel the same way for them, but they're definitely on a ride. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Keep going. You done? I'm sorry, bro. My no, no, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like Buffalo is definitely on the rise. Yeah. Um, a team that's on the rise, similar to a Buffalo, maybe not in the sense of what we see Coach Frazier doing on that defense where they're creating a tremendous amount of turnovers and getting in the end zone. The offense for the Houston Texans with Deshaun Watson, a young rookie, uh, to see him throw 19 touchdowns in seven games, I mean, putting up four, over 400 yards last week uh, against Russell Wilson, who we know is one of our elite quarterbacks in the game. Give me your take on his future and how good he's been playing so far. Man, you talk about ending up in a great spot. And I thought that when um when he fell in the draft and you know Cleveland passed on him and he was the third taken quarterback taken um uh, behind uh you know you had Trubisky taken and then Mahomes by uh, Kansas City, I thought um Houston got got a great uh, great quarterback and and really he ended up in the perfect spot because if you looked at Houston's team going into the season, one of the things they were missing and the only the really the only thing they were missing was an uh, adequate play at the quarterback uh, position and. I think Bill O'Brien has done a great job of instilling a lot of the uh, the plays that um, Watson ran in college, a lot of the college stuff, the zone, uh, zone read, and, and and those concepts, the play action off of those, uh, whether it's out of shotgun and things like that, that really he's comfortable with, and that's uh, you know led to him being able to have so much success early. And then you think about what he did against um, Alabama twice. I mean, this guy, he he was the only quarterback who really shredded Alabama the way he shredded them. Um, he did that twice um, in 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 a championship game. So, you know, I, 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 it doesn't surprise me that he's playing well. I think um, you know he's only going to continue to get better. Um, that was an impressive performance that he put on out in Seattle this past weekend. London, last one for me. 
I watch your show every Sunday. I know it's produced at the CBS Broadcast Center in New York, and you got loud New Yorkers like me, Brandon Turney and Adam <laughs> Shine, talking about the Giants. So there's a lot of negatives, and the latest development, as you know, Janoris Jenkins suspended, won't play against the Rams. Fair to say or fair to wonder if Ben McAdoo has lost total control of this football team? I think it's it's fair to uh, wonder when you look at you know the McAdoo incident. There was a um, a situation with Rogers Cromarty, uh, Dominic Rogers Cromarty, a few weeks ago. Um, even even you trace back to last year and you know Odell Beckham Jr. Um, you know some of the things that um, he was saying the media um, in almost defiance to of his head coach. So you just like you know does does he really have the respect of that locker room? And only the guys truly know that are on that football team and, and maybe the situation with Janoris Jenkins, Jenkins is a little bit overblown. Um, you know, I don't know, maybe he just didn't have a maturity to pick up the phone and, you know, address whatever was going on with him not being able to be there and back in time. But I think it's a fair, fair statement. Um, and the, the, the Giants brass, they, they really know they, they, they're in there. They, they, they know what the locker room is like. They know if he still has the, uh, the players here. London, always a pleasure. Say hello to our friend Amy Trask. As I mentioned, I watch that show every Sunday. Very entertaining. Although, tell Cordell, because Cordell has to turn down the volume on this show. He claims I'm the loudest man in sports media. Adam Shine really projects. <laughs> Adam definitely is. Uh, he's, he's, he's definitely probably the loudest man on television. Thank you, London. Thank you. <laughs> and radio. He, he, he's, uh, you know, I think... Uh, Francesca and you know my Mad Dog and all those guys. Uh, you know Adam Adam Shine is uh, he's one of those guys. <laughs> all about passion and energy. Thank you, London. We'll chat yeah. with you soon. We appreciate your time. All right, thanks, guys. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on Tune. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on. Tune in.